You know what, Jennifer? What? Tonight is the night of guilty pleasures, where <laughs> the cast of Glee and the cast of Gleeful are going to discuss our guilty pleasures, those things that, that bring us joy <clears throat> that we don't really want to talk about in public, but we're in a safe space right now. Are we? The Gleeful Podcast. Glee, <laughs> the Gleeful Podcast, the chat room, safe space. Ed, you with us? Oh yeah, I'm right here. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh Jen, and Ed, so I'm going to kick it off right now, safe space. I saw Spice World opening night in the theater, had a damn good time, super fun time, dragged two guys from my dorm because I was a freshman in college and obviously had plenty of time from all the not dating I was doing. Took all my friends, we went to see Spice World in the theater. At the end of the movie, uh, the end of the movie, uh, Posh Spice, they all kind of gather around the screen at the end of Spice World and they all and they're all kind of like talking to the audience. And in the theater this was really entertaining because like they were really large on the screen, right? And so they're all talking to the audience and Posh Spice says, Hey you in the back. Now this entire audience is eight-year-old girls in groups of five dressed as the different Spice Girls, like filling the entire audience. Mm-hmm. As it should be. It should not be three 18-year-old college guys. But we were there too. Yeah. So she says, hey, you, you in the middle. And this little girl who's dressed as Posh Spice jumps up and says, she's talking to me. And I swear to God, in the movie, Posh goes, oh, no, not you, the one behind you. Which is literally a guy in drag. Wow. And the guy in drag stands up and Posh Spice in the movie goes, I like your dress. And <laughs> the audience went nuts. It was the greatest thing ever. So, wow. safe space, ladies and gentlemen. Safe space. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you feel safe here. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. And uh, we are back to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled Guilty Pleasures. We will discuss Glee's Guilty Pleasures. We will discuss ours as well. We opened up there with Wannabe, um, which is a fun song. Everybody likes Wannabe. It's a crazy fun Threw song. Threw this on in a club in 98. People went nuts, man. It was super fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, you had all the Spice spice Girls in that one. And my favorite part of this particular number was how in the actual song, Sporty Spice does most of the singing because Mel C had the best voice in the group. But oh, in, I love Mel C. In this yeah. version of the song, because Mel C or Sporty Spice was played by Britney. Heather Morris, she did not get most of the singing. Most of the singing went to Posh Spice because that was Melissa Benoist who has a lovely voice. And in real life, Posh Spice pretty much said two words in that song. I think her mic was off for most of that song. <laughs> wow. Ed, fond Spice Girls memories? Um, you know, I've never seen Spice World. Oh, it's so funny. And I wasn't a... See, I only discovered the Spice Girls... Well, I mean, I knew... I vaguely knew of their existence. Of course, I knew of their existence. But I only got serious about their uh, about their music until, like, in, until they were, like, already post-Spice Girls. Oh, like so, the individual ones. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I know, I know the Ginger records and and the Emma Button records. Oh, I love. She has a song called Maybe that's so good. It's like <laughs> and then, uh, but Mel C. Oh God, I love, I love her. I love Mel C. Her. Has she's the only one who really made great music after the Spice Girls group broke up. I mean, I mean, she has like she has, Mel C. Legitimately has different eras of great music, like the beginning with Northern Star. And then she did the next best superstar and um, uh, 
is that better better alone and then her recent stuff with uh rock me and think about it and then even her more recent stuff with i don't know how to love him i'm like oh god melcy you actually have like eras um while watching glee i was thinking it'd be really cool if they reimagined solo spice girl hits as (laughs) as um well hits in quotes as as (laughs) Fool Spice Girls songs and made them made that an album. See, but when you're saying it would be really cool, it'd be really cool for like you and six British guys. Like no I one mean, else would, really would cool. have any I frame mean, of reference well, on that. Most people Mel- I know, know they Rock didn't. Me is yes. an awesome song and is super underappreciated, but perhaps if it was recorded by the five Spice Girls, would get some recognition. It would be. I mean, I'd love to see an episode of Glee that's like international you know if they did like a uk pop song and and songs that were massive in other countries but that never really exploded here uh that would be really fun to see an episode where they did that but they'd have to dig a little deeper than glee likes to do they need to pick aura dion call me glee (laughs) i love aura Uh, so let's um uh let's talk a little bit oh god no no you know you know what i want i want an episode where it's just like a, a glee club in another country and they and like and they just act like it's the regular show but it's all new people but the whole it's, like, it's just like oh my god i would die i'd be like yes that would actually be really funny if, if the new directions went to like an international competition and there was like a british glee club that does a take that song and a french glee club that does a pelly combo song and then like just kind of all the different countries from around there could be the a glee japanese olympics <laughs> yes the glee olympics i'd love that uh, well, let's do. A, let, let's talk about the episode. It was entitled "Guilty Pleasures," um, and Jennifer, yeah, your temperature mm. on the episode. What'd you think? Oh, I thought this was a great episode. They usually do like a really solid episode right before a break, and I, this I'm gonna give this one an A. I give this one a solid A. Solid A. I I liked it. I liked all the stories. I didn't even mind the, um, actually, I really liked the way they handled the parallel theme through New York without having it be too much of a, um, you know, an identical setup. <clears throat> and the music was so, so much fun. So, yes, I give it an A. You know, I have to say this could be my first episode of the season that is just a straight across the board A. I had no complaints about this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super fun. I liked all the characters. I thought it was well written. It was like everything totally worked for me in this one. And this was just one of those like like it didn't it was it didn't try too hard to be sad. It didn't try too hard to be heavy. It just came out and was just a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. And those are cool to have, especially after last week, which was kind of heavy. And mm-hmm. you know, we'd kind of been going through some some drama, some some struggles. <laughs> And uh, and this was just a straight up cool episode. I, I this was a total solid A for me as well. Ed, guilty pleasures. I thought guilty pleasures was really good. I was unaware that it was break episode. It was like, mm. and then I had to like Google it. I'm like, hold on, what? There's no more. I know. I I mean, it's like really getting momentum. So therefore, <laughs> it's time for Glee to stop. Yeah. Duh. What was I? What was I thinking? <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, it, it it's so frustrating, but I guess there's only five episodes left of the season, and they're supposed oh, to do them so straight. So they through. are not getting to nationals. I I thought they weren't, but now I know they are. Oh, aren't. that's a good point. Yeah, because there's only five episodes left, and we haven't even gotten to regionals yet. <laughs> that's a that's a very good point. 
Um, yeah, you know, it, but I like when they just do a straight through. Like if they have to take a three brief break, that's fine. But uh, but yeah. at least if they if they come out and just say five episodes, we're going to do it. Like I love that the following came out at the beginning and they were like, there's only 17 episodes in this season and we probably won't do a season two, but there's going to be no breaks. We're just going to go straight through for 17 episodes. Like that works for me. Like just set my expectations up ahead of time. <laughs> so you can plan your it, schedule around it. It. It's, exactly. it really is all about, it is really about framing. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, it and is momentum. All I mean, the thing that kills this yeah. show sometimes is momentum. And it's like, you know what? I would rather them take a three week break and give us five solid episodes than give us three kind of dumb filler episodes and then, you know, then give us something good at the end. So I'm totally yeah, cool with this. Yeah, it's quali- quality versus quantity. Yeah. yeah without question. Um, so, and Ed, did you, uh, did you give it a grade? Oh, I did. I mean, it was very, it was very good. I mean, season four is the new season one, so yeah, <laughs> of course. And and with only five episodes remaining, it, I feel. I mean, I've been comp. Actually, if you listen back to the earlier episodes of the season, I was like, "Oh, season four is the new season one?" Question mark. It that's a period now. <laughs> <laughs> Not an exclamation point. <laughs> uh, well, let's um. There's a ton of songs to listen to in this episode, and we kind of dove right in as opposed to just chatting at the beginning. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and take a listen to an episode, and then we'll dive right into uh, the first big plot line, uh, which was, of course, Blam and their master oh plan. Blam was, master plan, which was probably a better name for this episode than last time. But let's go ahead and take a listen to some Blam. They did wake me up before you go go, and uh, as, as well they should have. <laughs> And so and let's go ahead. adorable. Let's go ahead and do some uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, originally recorded by Wham on the Gleeful Podcast. You put the boom boom into my heart. You send my soul sky high when your loving starts. A jitterbug into my brain. It goes a bang, bang, bang till my feet do the same. But something's bugging me. Something ain't right. My best friend told me what you did last night. You left me sleeping. So we had a little wham here. I'm kind of surprised it took us this far to get to wham. I would have thought. You're, so- oh gosh, that's like your comment lately. It is, but I mean, think about this. I have to like, call you out. We have we have wake me up before you go go. We careless whisper. Like, how did Ryan Murphy make it to season four without careless whisper? Like, guilty feet have got no rhythm. He's probably got that tattooed on his arm. Like, come on, wow. that is such a Ryan Murphy song. Uh, so I'm surprised we it took us so far to get to Wham. You know, I love me some Wham. This album was awesome. I mean, you know, hey, it, the Wham gave us uh, it gave us wake for wake me up before you go go. It gave us uh, George Michael and it buried Andrew Ridgely in a small pile well, in someone's well, backyard. Isn't it called like? Last Christmas, like their their crazy. That was song. their big hit. Well, that was their big oh my, Christmas hit. Was last Christmas. Oh my god! Oh my god! That song and the production is so like eighties fied and glorious. 
Oh, <laughs> it's, yes. it's hilarious. Wham at all kinds of good stuff. So, love Jennifer, it. wham. Love it. Love it. I Come on. This was high school for me. So Yeah. It's Originally a uh, ska band, let alone fact. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but this now I don't know which one's more ludicrous, saying that that started out as a ska band or No Doubt started as a ska band. <laughs> well, No Doubt recorded at least a record as a ska yeah, band. Yeah, they do. Well, maybe two with Beacon Street Collection. Okay, never mind. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're uh, Wham also... Totally random fact right before we move on. Wham is one of the only bands to ever be partially owned by the country of China. That is true. Wham was only, not not now. God, not with some of the bands coming out now. Well, not China. Korea owns a bunch of bands, but China's never really owned bands. How do they own a uh, band? It was. It, it's a, there's a book about it. There's a there's long a book. story. There's Go a whole book it. about how Wham was owned by China. China probably wow. owns the right to the book. It's yes. fantastic. Uh, Ed R. Say Arg. Um, say Arg. Arg. Uh, so <laughs> we had a little bit of Wham. So Blam continues in this episode. The continuing drama of Blaine's crush on uh, Sam. And Sam's uh, kind of understandable, blissful, adorable, honestly. unknowing. Oh, Sam is incredible this week. Come on. He took... He he took control. He did so much better than Finn or Schuster combined. He was oh god. Uh, I mean, compared compared to the other men on the show, of course. But even compared to like men in like ideal real life, Sam was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it is kind of hilarious that like somebody had emailed us, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but someone had emailed us and said, um, "Wow, it's amazing how well the Glee Club can get along without Schuster and without Finn." Apparently, the Glee Club is just okay; <laughs> like they don't need it. Yeah. They don't I need mean, a, the Glee Club's okay. All. Like the the 2.0s got their storylines under control. The the 1.0s that are still around are doing fine. It's Schuster's. I mean. He is an unnecessary middleman. It's a distraction, <laughs> I say, yeah. Cut him out. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I did like is that they, all of the storylines focused around the kids, and that was really refreshing and yeah. rewarding. And yeah, I mean, if we were distracted and taken away by with the whole, you know, Finn and Emma and Schuster thing, I think that would have just taken away from all the great stuff that they were able to do. So. But I mean, how much how much more time do we want to spend with Blam? I I kind of felt that I was over Blam. At before least one this more episode. fantasy sequence. Well, I mean, <laughs> you mean a fantasy sequence in the show or one in your dreams? Um, on the show that can be uh, expanded upon in my dreams, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they still have to. I mean, okay, they still have to. Um, follow through with their plan whatever they are infiltrating the yeah. oh yeah i forgot about know, that because um the oh. cheerios so i think as far as the romantic stuff i mean i thought you know sam was awesome he just handled it so well didn't make it uncomfortable for his friend and was really sweet and i thought they were adorable and i'm, I'm glad they did that so now i'm glad that we can just focus on okay so what is the master plan like what what is that what are they trying to do to take down sue that's true. I mean, they kind of gracefully got Blam the love interest out of the way. Um, and therefore, it can just take to the fan fiction. And then kind mm -hmm. of, but they were able to get it away in kind of a graceful, light way yeah. so that we can really focus on uh, Blam's master plan. Yeah, absolutely. The Blam master plan. 
Uh, Which, unfortunately, is taking down Sue and not getting Blam together. But whatever. Ed, what did you... But they're still Clayne out there. Yes, that's true. They're still... We'll see. Clayne is endgame, as many a person has emailed us. I'm so so over some of this meta stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. We could that like that. I'm okay with Clayne getting together and Finchel getting together in the in the like oh the series finale and it's like the flash very last all these things how everything ends. It's like <laughs> couples together, couples together, couples together. Everyone's happy. Da, 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 and that I'm okay with it being there, but I don't I don't want it in my life beyond that. Well, and also. Uh... Uh, you know, in the very last episode, Kling gets together, Finchel gets together, and then we get to have a, a wedding in Vegas uh, TV movie, which people my age will be like, that's adorable, Josh. Oh, my God. Was it that Save by the Bell? <laughs> Save by the Bell. Nice. Uh, somebody had a great, uh, Mimze123 in the chat room uh, reminded me, Sam had the greatest line of the episode when uh, he was saying to Tina, oh, do you want to find another guy to rub? Or no, oh when Mr. Mr. Schuster's sick. Oh, you're going to go over to his house and rub va- uh, vapor rub on his chest? Straddle him and open his shirt. I wonder, because there was a reference to vapor rub gate this episode and last episode, and I'm wondering if that's reactionary writing or oh, yes. planned writing. I think it's total reactionary writing, and I think that... Uh, and her her response is just a phase, and you're pointing <laughs> out in the chat room. It's just a phase. Like that was so so, so well. Uh, uh, yes, uh, so self aware. Yes, so well, so yeah. Like I, like because I totally like I was like, are, did you write this already, or or both those like little bits reactionary? Because yeah. they <laughs> might they might be reactionary. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. That made me happy. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I think Blam is sweet, but I'm glad it's not continuing. Uh, uh, yeah. Multi, like if we went too many more episodes with, uh, you know, another kind of straight gay, like, mm-hmm. you know, because Sam's told him multiple times, like, I'm not into guys and mm-hmm. hey, you know. Or, well, like when it kind of dragged out a little bit more with truth. Tina, you or know. At least my yeah. truth. Pining over him, so. Yeah it, yeah, it did. Like Tina dragged on a little bit long, and and, then and it got certainly creepy. Kurt and Finn dragged on way too long. So it it will be nice to just like let's just move on with them as friends because them as a duo, as a team, like is the great. It's my favorite thing on the show yeah. right now is Blam. So let's just have them be a team. Like have them be awesome. Yeah, makes me so happy. Uh, so, you know, they had two great songs. We had Copacabana. We had Against All Odds. I don't know if I have time to listen to both of them. Uh, I am going to play Against All Odds because it was amazing. Thank you. Even though I really want to play Copacabana just because they included the whistle. If you're a fan <laughs> which I'm a huge fan even yeah. now is one of is one of the great albums of the 70s. Screw you if you disagree. Uh, and Trying to Keep the Feeling is a great album of the 80s. Um, and Jennifer's seen Manilow in concert and said he was amazing. You were like fifth row with your mom. Yes, yes. We were amazing. originally in the balcony seat, but this really nice usher decided to um, give my mom a special birthday wish and, and got us down to the fifth row. And it was so cool. <laughs> but so He's if you're such a, a huge, performer. He's so good. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. So if you're a huge Manilow nerd, then you get really excited when they whistle. He called yeah. her over. Whoop. It's always it's a thing. Anyway, here's a bit of a here's a bit of Against All Odds, also by Phil Collins. We'll talk a little about what guilty pleasures are after this song. I love uh, this song. As performed so by Blaine, uh, Darren Chris here on the Gleeful Podcast. You're the only one who really knew me at all. 
How can you just walk away from me when all I can do is watch you leave? Cause we shared the laughter and the pain and even shared the tears. You're the only one who really knew me at all. So take a look at me now. Well, there's just an empty space and there's nothing left here to remind me. Just the Just an empty space And you coming back to me Is against the odds And that's what I've got to face I, I have a fantasy sequence that I do this song on American Idol This Aww. this song, man This like, And so this is what I want to talk about As far as guilty pleasures my my problem with calling this song a guilty pleasure, my problem with calling my prerogative or creep for God's sake, which I don't think is really classified as a guilty pleasure. These are great songs. Like I will go to the mat for this damn song. Like there is so much emotion and depth and desperation in these lyrics. I mean, and the, 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 the melody is just heartbreaking. And when you hear the story of like how it actually was, his wife was leaving and he looked at her and he said, how can you just let me walk away? Like, it's just amazing. I think, I think, I think it only became a guilty pleasure because it was so good that it became cliche. Like, like, and I think that's the thing. I think that's what Blaine said in this episode where he's like, there reaches a point where something is so popular and it kind of just kind of enters the cultural zeitgeist to such an extent where everybody goes, oh, well, it must not be cool. It's too popular to be cool. It's too, it's too around to be good. Like, we've heard it too many times to think it's good anymore. And maybe that's why. But, I, I mean, to call this as a, a guilty pleasure, like, bums me out a little bit. This song is too good. Well, also, I don't know if you've even seen the movie that... Have you seen the movie Against All Odds? I I was very young. It you know too young. Jeff Bridges and Rachel, no, who was in it? Was it the Thornbirds lady? Uh, yes, I think it was, it was. her. And then uh, James Woods, and so it was kind of this, you know, cheesy '80s movie. And I think that's part of it. I think it was so closely associated with that. And it just yeah, again because of the became so popular and so mainstream that. People were like, oh, it's so cheesy. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it does seem like there's a point where, yeah, you're right, Ed. There just is a point where it becomes kind of synonymous, like, and, it, and people are just kind of over it. I mean, I mean, that's kind of like, I kind of think of Lord of the Rings in some sense where back when it was, like, released, it was like this awesome fantasy with this middle-age element, and then all of a sudden... A bunch of other fantasies came out that were middle aged because they're like, "Oh, this is how it was supposed to be done." And then, <laughs> so it kind of like it like tri- it like created its own subgenre in fantasy. It's that though. Thank you. There's a long debate with this. I can. I'll, I will stop. No, I, yeah, like I don't know. So, so that's why when we talk about guilty pleasures and we talk about our own guilty pleasures, I've always have a kind of a hard time saying what's my guilty pleasure because see, I don't really feel that guilty about it. Like I think I mean, great I, 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 what, at one great. point, I'm, the guilty pleasure I'm going to tell you when we do discuss when we do divulge them. At one point, <laughs> I considered it a guilty pleasure, but I just now I just consider it a pleasure because I'm like I enjoy it. I don't care. 
I don't care yeah. what y'all think. I love the song. Hashtag whatever. Oh, uh, I was surprisingly good. Hashtag sundrop. I don't know. Sponsor us, I guess. I was uh, uh, mowing the lawn on Sunday, and I had my headphones in, and I had the new Wild Bell record on, and I was three songs into this record before I realized I was dancing in the front lawn. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Like, (laughs) live your life. You know? Like that Pete Holmes, the comedian Pete Holmes, he always says, live your life. Like, dance around on your front lawn. It's my own damn front lawn. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> At least you had your clothes on. <laughs> made good money for that front lawn. Uh, <laughs> let's, you know, the, yes, one of the cool, yes, I, again, one of the, one of the things about this episode, like, so it worked on, for me on so many levels. Kitty, we were able to get depth on Kitty while she was still a bitch. She was still unapologetic. She was still like, you know, who Kitty is b- without losing any of her edge, but we got to see, you know, Kitty kind of be like, hey, it doesn't suck to be nice. Like, it doesn't suck to be a part of the team. Right, to be a little vulnerable. I mean, she did say, she 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 was mildly apologetic at times, but she did say she, she was working on it. So, I mean, she didn't, she's never made an excuse for who she is, but yeah. she is aware enough to know that, you know, her her cost, her personality is pushing people away. So it is. It was kind of fun to see, you know, hear her say, "Well, my my preacher says, you know, I just have to keep working on it." <laughs> she was funny, and the combination of Kitty and Brittany is kind of a fun combination. It is where like Kitty kind of brings out part of Brittany's sadistic side, and Brittany's like the the way that Brittany doesn't see it as mean. She sees it. She acts from a very place of innocence right. and it, it, it allows kitty to be like hey you know it, it yeah I'm, I'm doing these things because they're mean but there is just a certain kind of silliness to mm-hmm. it that britney brought out of her i thought that was really cool and kitty actually had a really sweet moment that i liked in this episode of um where after um after blaine finished his song and tina jumped up and said who is that for and kitty was like shut up you know, yeah, she was. Don't def- do this. Now. Yeah, she was trying to protect him. It was just kind of a very. It was like a natural, very, very brief moment. I thought yeah. it was very sweet. I mean, it is. I, I am still curious about her. I mean, from the beginning, she was one of the two point that I actually, you know, had some interest in. But I mean, maybe she's just innately bad or evil, and she's just always been that mm. way. And and you know, that's worked for her all along. But now she realizes that she can have fun if she. You know, lets her guard down a little and and shares some uh, something of herself with these kids. So yeah, it's been. I don't know. It was, I thought it was really good. Episode. It puts her on the path to being a real character, which has always been the struggle we've had with the other mm-hmm. with the two Uh Ed, um, Cardi, the potential of a Cardi development coming up here. What'd you think of that? Um, I was confused by that. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I know Kitty is, I guess, historically into into older guys. I guess I could I could say that. I suppose <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> um, and and being that she is the Quintana 2.0, that also is true of them. So I don't know. I don't want them together because I wanted. I liked I liked uh, Allie or whatever her name is from the Glee Project. I liked her. I mean, yeah, I at least... hated her, but I understand what you mean. I liked her better <laughs> in the Glee Project than I did on Glee. She was just. I was, wait, I was waiting for the Eileen appearance, and then then the realization that the three of them actually won. 
they just cut the Glee Project to episode after he's like writer you win and then, then they go the other, the other two and then and he went on to award the other two winning but the glee project was like uh-uh not again we're just ending yeah. it now i yeah. i i, I like i like the idea of cardi i i didn't really care for betty as a character she just seemed a little much and ash ali's performance was a little lacking ali's doing a concert with her girlfriend and Abraham and Mike, like six of the guys from that season are doing a concert. Oh, that's right. A couple blocks away to benefit a charity of some kind. I think it's like April 6th. They're doing this big concert and it's $45 a person. I'm like, I cannot pay $45 to, to see uh, six cast offs from the Glee Yeah, but you're Project paying $45 to charity two. and you also get this random concert that may or may not be enjoyable well yeah, we're also, also going to a wedding that night yeah we're a little, we're, we're also busy but <laughs> we're I like quadruple booked that night <laughs> sucks um, so yeah, I think buy the just... ticket to support the charity i'm just kidding so, <laughs> i mean I, I mean do that if you have the disposable income i don't know continue yes. <laughs> but yeah no i mean I, I i like the idea of cardi it works for me and, and i like the idea of Artie not dating another disabled person like long term I always liked that the show didn't really you know the black people didn't only date the black people and mm-hmm. you know the, the disabled kid didn't only dis- date other disabled people <laughs> I mean if, if Betty came on the show it would be fun to see Betty date Ryder or something random like that speaking of what you just noticed what happened to Ryder's girlfriend totally his online girlfriend was I mean, not mentioned it, it, she, she logged off never to log on again but she does log on again she just it, it didn't need to be addressed this week that's all she, i guess it wasn't really time yeah and i don't know i mean i i think it's cute that Artie has a, a little crush going on kitty but i just don't i don't know i don't it's i don't see fun. that yeah. as a a relationship i can't shake i don't know if it was last year or two years ago when we saw the uh, the Glee panel at Comic Con and and Tina was saying I don't know I really I'd like to see Tina and Artie back together mm. and so I still kind of have that going in my head although I don't know that may never happen but <laughs> I mean it, it might happen I mean she's trying to make change forever so yeah I mean I just don't sure. I I don't there's nothing particular about Artie and Kitty that interests me or intrigues me so. If it happens, the great. only thing exciting about it is that they are so different in terms of like at least with well, I mean not at least. I'm Kitty and Puck kind of have an evil streak that runs through them like at some point, <laughs> oh, yeah. and Artie doesn't. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean Artie's more generous and they're very selfish people. So it would be interesting to see how that plays out. And but, and then what is it? And then what does that do to the to the Puck Artie relationship? To my, to my understanding, they were pretty good friends before. Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I mean, Season five storylines. OMG. Yeah. We <laughs> should be paying us for gotta, this. Seriously. We'll, we can write all of season five for them. We can do this in our sleep. Uh, mm. So, um, yes. And then we did get a little fondue for two. Oh, there needs to be more. I was watching it. I was like, there needs to be more fondue for two. And Kitty, <laughs> as, a, as like the guest, was up like up there in terms of fondue for two guests like for Rizzle my only disappointment about fondue for two in this episode though Lord Tubbington as the Scientologist was kind of hilarious for some reason I saw him in the background with the book propped up and I'm like oh my god he really is reading her diary (laughs) but I also thought Lord if she said like Lord Tubbington's Jewish and he had a yarmulke that would have been a hundred times cuter but you know 
<laughs> just because I think it'd be cuter. Um, <laughs> but uh, we did have fondue for two. My only disappointment with fondue for two was I love the mental image of how fondue for two is a TV show that doesn't actually have a camera. Like, didn't Marley have a line when she was on Fondue for Two where she was like, is, this a, is there a camera here? I don't even see where there's a camera. Yeah, but, but they're, watch, yeah. they're watching on Google They're watching on Google Hangout. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They really are. <laughs> Everybody's just hanging out. Um, so we did have a bit of that. And uh, yeah, so I, I think, you know, there, there was a little bit of talk about some Chris Brown drama and a bit further discussion about guilty pleasures we'll take a quick listen to my prerogative because uh jacob artist was outstanding on this song and we'll come back and talk a little bit about that uh this is my prerogative originally recorded by bobby brown performed by jacob artist here on the made popular by britney spears (laughs) oh boy They say I'm nasty, but I don't give a damn. Getting girls is how I live. Some ask the questions, why am I so real? But they don't understand me, or really don't know the deal about a brother. Trying hard to make it right. So as soon as he started singing this song, it was definitely, um, <laughs> as soon as he started singing this song, it was definitely my thought of like, are we going to talk about Bobby Brown? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Um, so I was glad that they did bring up Bobby Brown. I was a little disappointed though, because I wanted him to own his previous assertion that you separate the art from the artist. Because to have that conversation about, you know, Britney's actions and Rihanna's actions, whom they've done a thousand songs by, um, and some of the disingenuous of, of different artists that they've covered on the show. I mean, I think that was a really cool conversation for them to have and to not drill it into the ground, to just kind of like put it out there. Yeah, make but that a was stance. really neat. But then Jacob chose Bobby Brown because apparently he thought Bobby Brown was squeaky clean. And then he found out Bobby Brown wasn't squeaky, squeaky clean and he apologized. And I, I, I was disappointed that that was how it ended up. I really wanted him to own it and be like, hey, you know, he, he did bad stuff too, but you guys like this song, so somehow it's okay. I don't know. It, it, it left me feeling a little bit cold. Jennifer? Well, I think also the, 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 the level of know, perceived or, or actual guilt in hurting other people is different but you know between the two <laughs> this is such a weird well bobby but, brown was convicted of a lot of stuff oh, he like he served some serious he, time he absolutely <laughs> was but you know like anyhow um 
Yes, I agree with um, Jake that, yeah, I mean, you should be able to separate the two and that, you know, I mean, I don't I don't know any Chris Brown songs. Yeah, they're horrible. I don't know what his music is. I don't know what his message is. I don't know any of that. So, I mean, if he is as misogynistic and as, you know, much of a douchebag as they say he is, then... Yeah, it's probably not the, the, the music they want to be performing. But, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, it's just, it was an interesting conversation to have. I yeah. mean, I'm more than happy for him to not do a Chris Brown song because I don't think there's a single Chris Brown song, song that I can stomach. Um, but, uh, you mean you don't love Don't Wake Me Up? I hate them oh, all. I really hate, I really do. I've tried. I've tried to keep an open mind. As soon as the guy took millions of dollars from Double Mint Gum to write Double Your Pleasure, Double Your Fun to the lyrics of Forever, I'm like, you're pretty much done for me. Like, I'll well, never be a Chris re- Brown fan. Okay, Paris placement. I mean, you gotta make a living. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, he has to pay for his watches legal fees stuff. well this is all before that too this is back when he was still like considered squeaky clean and like well you know not a crazy person yeah. person <laughs> but uh but it, I, I thought it was cool to have the conversation i don't know ed what do you think about that about oh i constantly constantly make this assertion that you have to separate the artist from from the art like they are they are two different entities they're like especially and Project Runway, people that I like, that I love, that other people hated. I'm like, no, you like their stuff is so good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter what they're like. So, Gretchen, but saying that Gretchen's stuff wasn't that good, so she didn't deserve to win. So, <laughs> in, in, like, I hated her as a person, but she didn't deserve to win. In, in addition, based on the based on what she put out. And I think it's really like, it's up to you. Like, I think it's you as a listener have to decide what you're willing to tolerate and what you're willing to accept. And, you know, it's like, if you, for whatever reason, are willing to like forgive Chris Brown for whatever, and you think his music um, isn't the dog shit that it is, uh, you know, I mean, I guess, hey, uh, it's like some, you know, freaking great artists did utterly horrific things to the world. And, and it's 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 definitely harder in like a modern society because he's so out there. He's so unapologetic. He's so yeah. proud of himself. Well, and that's and the thing. It's frustrating. <laughs> it is harder to separate the artist from the art these days because they make they, so much they of their art is their personality. The yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they put themselves out there. They're constantly on Twitter. They're constantly, um, you know, in in they're just always out there and they're. They don't. They they don't shy away from their opinions either. I mean, that's the other thing too. Yeah. Is like you know before you never knew what people were saying or, or thinking or feeling, but now it's just like this constant spewing of, um, you know, thoughts and feelings, and <laughs> and then five seconds later, oh no, I didn't mean that, or oh yeah, I did, and and it's just, it's it's yeah, the line is so blurred. And again, I don't know anything about his music, you know, so. I can't. I can't say. It would be interesting for Glee in season five, season five ideas, as we continue to uh, make the campaign that we should all be hired by the show. Uh, It would be interesting in season five to have an episode which is purely 
music by artists that you can look up to like music by artists that really have done amazing things like people that you, that really are hero worthy that would be an interesting uh, conversation to have you know because there are some of them out there i mean some people have really done outstanding things and they have with their success right and they've done the theme of inspirational music yeah and inspirational songs but they haven't yeah, it was like a role model. It would be cool. I mean, and it would be cool to like acknowledge like, yeah, we do look up to Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston and Madonna and Britney Spears. But quite frankly, like none of these are particularly great role models, you know, giving you things to live by. But there are people out there that are worth paying attention to that really did go- do mm-hmm. great things with their fame. That would be pretty cool. They'll call it Heroes. They'll do the David Bowie song. Uh, Josh at don'tbeyourself.com. You know where to find me. So they, already anyway. did, they already did the David Bowie song. Did they? Did they do Heroes by David Bowie? I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, they at all. did it this season. Did they really? We could be heroes. Jennifer's going, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm an idiot. It's uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I, still I love mean, you. we'll do another one. <laughs> they could, they could do uh, Hero Lies in You by Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, they could do It Ain't Easy by Providing. Oh, that's not that. Not nothing by Five for Fighting. Come on. Why are you all really? I don't like really? it. His voice annoys me. Um, let's. Well, uh, it wouldn't be his voice. It would just be his song. But we should. We gotta go to New York next. We'll we'll take the the oh, long oh, trip. Hold on. I, I oh, go I'm ahead. Not, I'm not that close to the airport. Yes, <laughs> we're on our way. But you're closer to New York than we are. <laughs> nice beats, by the way. Um, well, we should. Uh, yes. <laughs> little American Idol products placement up in here. I know. Well, oh, you didn't hear? I got. I'm. I'm their media correspondent now. I'm getting crazy Ooh. money. Thank Just the kidding. Lord. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to uh, this song from New York. Uh, we got a little creep coming up here, performed by Leah Michelle and Brody, whose name I don't remember, and someone in the chat room will tell me in a second. Um, I I have no words on this one. We'll have to talk about this in a second. This is Creep here on the Gleeful Podcast. (laughs) This song's so good. It's just a pleasure. Apparently it was dynamic duets. (laughs) Couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. So my favorite headline was the next, the day after this episode broadcast on Hulu, they had this clip and the, and the title of the clip was, so this happened, Glee does creep. (laughs) This, like to me, creep, the bends, this is like akin to Glee doing Nirvana. And I would hope that there's something sacred in our universe. My struggle is when Glee does songs that are so married to an artist and a time and 
and, and quite frankly, I'll admit that part of it is because they're married to an artist in a time for me. And I, there's probably people that listen to other things and be like, Glee should never do that I mean, Michael Jackson song. Um, I just, I like, this song is so about a person and there's so many details. You know, the guitar work was there because the guitarist didn't like the song and he was trying to ruin it. So he did that crazy, like, cha-chung, cha-chung, which then made the song great. And then they recreated because they just heard it and said, hey, it's part of the song. Like, there's just all those little details to it that I'm kind of like, this isn't just a song that Carol King and her husband wrote, and then 18 different people did uh, straight out of the Brill Building, and then it got covered a hundred times until Sunday. Like this was really this song has ownership and perspective, and and it, it would, and then to make it a ballad for me, I don't know. This was tough. That said, I mean, Leah Michelle, I love her so much. Like her voice is so unreal on this; it totally works. Oh, I don't know. Ed, tell me I'm crazy. I mean, I understand that it was connected to you. I don't, I mean, I'm not denying that, but like the first time I heard this was of course on some iteration of a music reality show. So my first, my first introduction was some kind of cover of some kind. So I'm, I'm I, like, just because it was like, doesn't mean it can't be special to other people. Like at, at different times, it, just because it was special at one point to someone else. I understand. I mean, but like, so am I crazy in saying that certain songs are so tied to a moment and an artist that they should just stay there? No, because 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 then because with some with it, even reintroducing the song by the same artist or someone doing a cover or a new interpretation of it can can bring new like bring more to the song, like bring more life to it. Like now there's even a now, now there's a new moment with the same song. So, hmm. no, I disagree. Jennifer, opinion? You know, I'm 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 struggling cuz right now I don't know that there's a song that's that sacred and personal to me that I would be offended if somebody in the glee cast tried it. Hmm. I don't I'm trying to think of a situation where that would be. I mean, there absolutely are certain songs that I think you know, it's such a diverse group on the show that some of them shouldn't do certain songs and others would be fantastic at. But I don't know. I mean, there's quite a few songs, but I mean, I didn't have a problem with this. I mean, to me, it's also so strongly associated with rock band that I'm like, well, <laughs> they sold out to rock band long before they sold out to Glee. So I don't think there's a problem. I mean, I mean but the thing, the thing is, Someone doing a cover doesn't change the fact that the original song exists the way it existed. It just yeah, exposes no, them to I a new audience. That. But I do yeah. think you run the risk when you cover something that is like there. There are certain styles of music that are just really owned by the artists that create them. Uh, you know, if they were to do a metal song, if they were to do a punk song, like God forbid they get up there and do like London Calling, like a part of my body will die. It, it, there's what? just like. There's just certain styles of music that are really built on um, being pure and I hope, being I hope Lane turns and... it into a piano ballad and cries it to <laughs> well, at I... this moment. Yeah, I mean, there's like... like... Werewolves in London or something. <laughs> that would actually, I'd love to see that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, like, even, like, you know, like, Elliot Smith, I, I think, 
with the right person doing it, I would not have a problem with it. I'm yeah. very protective and very emotionally connected to Elliot Smith's music. So yeah, that's. I mean, you know, maybe I need to look into my soul and really, because I I'm I'm not sure where the line is. Because yeah, like with Elliot Smith, I'd be like, you're right. And, and if they were to do like Anarchy in the UK, I'd be like, that song is so silly. Go ahead, yeah. and knock yourself out. Yeah. But if they were to do, you know, some like. The, the, there's a whole other realm of music where yeah. you know god forbid the 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 episode when glee does smells like teen spirit like i'm not too surprised they haven't done the that yet to be honest yeah no i i agree like mm. I, and so i just think that uh, i don't know it's it, there there's just a certain like there's there's lines and so i guess i'm acknowledging i'm not sure where those lines are you, okay you think there's lines to you but as I say, as I say all the time to other people, I say this like just because it's important isn't important to you doesn't mean it isn't important to someone else. It's like the inverse problem with you. Just because it's important to you doesn't mean it isn't important to someone else. Like, <laughs> like, like, like other people, it's not important to them, but it's important to you as opposed yeah. to it not being important to you, so it might be important to them. But and also just you know knowing Josh as well as I do. You get really, really um, protective and almost kind of um, selfish about certain things you love that much. Mm, I do. That's true. And it's like when somebody else discovers it, you're like, but you can't. It's mine. (laughs) You can't have it. So we had this conversation about Paramore. Remember when I when Paramore got popular and it's like, why are you disappointed that Paramore is popular? And I'm like, because Paramore was mine. They they were they were well, unless they unless you legally own them. They can at least try to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's also, I think, like, Sammy says something in the chat room just now that it also means a lot to me that, like, Kurt Cobain would roll in his grave to know his music was being done on Glee. Like, I don't think that but, Radiohead but would, is all that his... excited to know that their music is being done on Glee. And there is something, people that take, people that really pour their heart and soul into their music, like, mm. I do feel that there is some value in respecting their wishes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and like Marvin Gaye would love to know that what's going on is being done on Glee, even though that would break my heart because it's one of the greatest recordings ever. Um, it, but he would be more than happy to let, you know, what's going on or, or let's get it on, get done on but Glee. But so. the thing is, I don't think it's a matter of like some song should or shouldn't be on Glee just because it's Glee. I think if it's done right or mm. and it's done with the, the same spirit and intent and honor if it's done worth, it worth the respect the it's fine i mean because mm. you didn't have a problem with rachel's performance i mean i i'm not i didn't think Brody's voice was it's good as good as it could have been in some spots but yeah she was fantastic in it yeah, so she was great well uh and that does bring up brody and uh and the whole drama you know leah or i'm sorry excuse me Rachel, Rachel found out that Brody was a, a male prostitute and then she went and brought him money and said, I'd like to have dinner with you, which I'm like, okay, we've seen that in 150 movies when you find out that your significant other is a prostitute and you say like, I brought you money, including Moulin Rouge, which we referenced two episodes ago. Uh, but uh, she was she did inspired. That. Yeah, she was inspired. Uh, so she did that and, and uh, she found out and it appears that they are Dunsville. Uh, at least for the time being. And she was oddly flattered that Finn went all berserk on him. Yes, she was. And not at all creeped out. So 
I'm a little creeped out. So you would what you have been creeped out? out? <laughs> oh, if you came to blows, absolutely. Okay. Like me, like now, like if I beat the crap out of a guy. Okay, but here's the situation. Like, uh. they're not together. Okay. Well, I mean, if I, okay, say, fine, I was cheating on you. I don't know. No, uh, this, <laughs> this is no, no good scenario for that. But, okay, in this particular case, she wasn't cheating on Brody. I mean, she wasn't cheating on Finn. So why did Finn, you know, get violent with him? Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. It it borders on scary. Well, that yeah. So yeah. that's um. But she thought it was romantic. She thought it was romantic. Hmm. Oh, Finn, the 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 man who encompasses chivalry, uh, <laughs> the, the punching yeah. bag of glee. Ed, uh, do you consider what? Do you think what Finn did was did was romantic, or was it crazy pants? I mean, he's. I mean. N- a crazy pants he could have just he could have just had that conversation without the fight i mean i <laughs> guess exactly. or he didn't even need to be there because santana was enough of a presence for that like santana outed him and that enough of enough. a threat i mean she could have gone all lima heights adjacent on him i amazing. know amazing could have brought gloria stefan off stage and like <laughs> it could have been been a hot yeah, I just, mess. I'm like, okay, fine, bring Finn in, but yeah, I didn't. I still am very conflicted by you know him him pummeling him, and <laughs> what the heck? Like Brody's like has this miracle face that gets one little pink abrasion above his eye, yeah. but the rest of him is perfectly healed and and unscathed by that beating. It's 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 that South African blood. Oh, <laughs> I think I think what we Good learned. No, I'm gonna have to get infusions. I think what we learned is that Finn punches like a girl. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Also oh, and it's okay surprised. that it's, yeah, so it's okay then <laughs> that, that, that no, he, yeah. he beat somebody up. <laughs> yeah, he can't, he can't really hurt anyone, so it's like, it's like well, I was going to say it's like Marcel beating someone up, but Marcel could probably hurt someone. Oh, he's real. a scrapper. Our cat? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I got marks. Uh, let's, uh, and then of course, Santana <laughs> in this episode, I thought Santana was 10 times to fantastic. I loved Santana in this episode. I loved the have you, uh, have boyfriend. You receiving hate mail Amazing. about your Santana hate. Like, have, is this part of the reason I have in the past, yeah. but, um, but is no, no, reactionary? is this reactionary Josh? No, I'm always honest. I'm always honest on the podcast. Oh, and okay, I thought she was okay. great in this one. I thought her crazy was just crazy enough. I love the sweet moments where she was watching the facts of life. And yes, a facts of life musical would be amazing. <laughs> and yes, Joe yeah. totally should have hooked. Well, I think the joke of Joe hooking up with, uh, Blair, was it Blair or was it the other one? The rich one. Oh, was it Blair? Okay. Because the other one's a lesbian now. So I guess there was kind of a joke in there. Oh. But, um, <coughs> I did. Me. I did not know. But yes, yeah, so, uh, you know, I thought that was, uh, Santana was great in this one, you know? Well, I like that they're actually, they seem to be more equal in their friendship. Like, there seems to be a balance between the three of them, whereas for for so long, and especially when they were in high school, it, you know, Santana had the upper hand in upper hand and <laughs> she would dominate them and and you know now Kurt and Rachel are standing up for themselves and again it feels more it, it just feels more real and more we understand now okay this is why you put up with this person because you know they're they're not afraid to show you their 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 nice side every now and then yeah and I guess 
you know, after she stole the comforter and the pillow, <laughs> they took her back the next day or something. Just so. to get back the comforter and the pillow. Uh, no. People in the live feed, if you look right here, where's my finger? There it is. There, uh, that, that's my voice art activated R2-D2. I got oh. that as a wedding present from Jennifer's mother. Um, <laughs> so, um, let's, uh, uh, well, let's listen to some voicemails. We got, uh, we got lots of voicemails to get through, so we'll get through as many as we can. And here's our standby. Here is Simsar and Caitlin. Hey, Justin and Ed. So it's time again to talk about everyone's favorite guilty pleasure, Glee. We actually liked this episode. Not sure if it was actually good or not because there wasn't much of a plot, but it was a lot of fun. But first I would like to say the Spice Girls totally do not count as a guilty pleasure. For the generation that watches Glee, they're just fun. I, get, I don't get why it was such a big deal that that was Kitty's guilty pleasure. If you were a young girl in the 90s and you didn't have a sleepover where you sang Wannabe with your friends, you didn't do your childhood right. <laughs> Our favorite part of this episode was the bland pop line. They should just have the kids take over the Glee Club instead of shoe. Each kid run a week and take turns or something. And why is Sam so good at being a better Finn than Finn? If you compare <laughs> the end scene with Blaine and Sam with how Finn handled Kurt's affections, you see a big difference in just a better person. Sam was an actual angel sent from heaven after after that last scene. I thought it was a really sweet moment to have. I like that Blaine actually seems to be moving on from Kurt. But then they had to make that last joke and ruin the sentiment of the scene. And Blaine was not the only romance to pop up. The moment where Ryder was supporting Jake with his Bobby Brown song was also adorable. And I'm quite glad they're friends again. But they didn't mention the catfish plotline in this episode. Where, where's that going? Is that going to go anywhere? Are we going to see it again? I was really enjoying this episode. But then, Rachel... Finn beating up another person and destroying a hotel room is not defending your honor. I don't care how she can consider that a romantic gesture on his part. The season one, Rachel, would not let a man define her like she has this season with Brody and Finn. I thought that we were going to get more of season one, Rachel, after that naked episode. It just seems like her declaration at the end of the episode was an easy way to make Finn show endgame by the end of the season. And as long as she was being honest with Brody, why wouldn't she mention that she thought she was pregnant? It really just seemed like that plotline was just tastefully dropped permanently. And briefly before we go, since the episode was called Guilty Pleasures, where are some of yours? Mine would be Love Shack, Legally Blonde the Musical, whose title basically screams Guilty Pleasure, and <laughs> Gayer European is one of my favorite musical theater, musical theater songs of all time, and Sweeney Todd, but the Tim Burton movie, which no one can sing, but I still own the soundtrack. Mine would include, but not be limited to, Sarah Desmond novels, in which everyone is literally the same plot, but I love them anyway, Ryan Reynolds movies, and Dancing with the Stars, which one do they mean get an actual star, but the dances are just so, so much fun. Well, we can't wait to hear and see the podcast. Bye. Uh, and uh, we are glad you wrote in again. Here's uh, here's Sammy. Hey, guys. Listener Sammy here. The title of this week's episode was Guilty Pleasures, but I swear it could have easily been called Sammy's Guilty Pleasures. Let's see. <laughs> could you this 80s number? Check. Side note. Is it possible to have a flashback to the 80s when I was only a toddler in the 80s? I think Glee made it possible. <laughs> Copacabana? Check. Against All Odds? Check. Spice Girl? Check. ABBA? Check. They hit all the right notes with me, and needless to say, I loved it all. I honestly don't remember much of the plot from this episode, because I feel it felt like the performances outshine the story by far. And can we talk about Jake's dance skills? I've talked to my friends. I'm not the only one whose jaw dropped when he busted out his awesome moves. Where has that been all season? And can I get more? For the first time, I had mad Kitty Levin this week. Hearing against all odds, Kitty's facial reactions are so perfect. She knows exactly what Blaine is singing about, and the compassion and sadness reflected in her face, as well as her telling Tina to shut up when she tried to go with Blaine, really made me like her a lot more. I appreciated the attempts they made with the Blaine-Sam friendship and overcoming the fact that Sam knew Blaine liked him, but I felt like it could have been handled a little less nuggly. 
but again, I'll take what I can get. I have grief fandom Stockholm Syndrome after all. Anyway, my five-word review, oh my god, Darren's hair. It is so nice to see a couple of scenes where Blaine isn't drowning in hair gel and is free to let the curls blow in the wind. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. I have are, we, are we being held prisoner by our own fandom? <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say the the um the the final scene when uh you know Blaine's all in his 70s disco glory with the 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 shaggy hair that is such a great look for him I loved it <laughs> he's so cute let's like get that. to a couple more here's uh I think we're going all the way out of the country for this one hi guys Christine here um this voicemail is a little different because I just wanted to focus on the music as opposed to the episode whole. Because every single one of those songs in that episode, I a regular listen on my iPod. I mean, worth coming to even describe how excited I was that after four seasons, we finally got Wannabe, one of my favorite Spice Girl songs. And although I did like it, I would have rather seen the original girls perform it, but never mind. Not only that, but about time we got Mamma Mia, which, <laughs> in my personal opinion, shouldn't be a guilty pleasure because I think... ABBA are one of the greatest pop bands ever. Um, Blam as the new Wham was incredibly adorable. Leah Michelle killed Creep, and someone must listen to Josh on the pod that works on the show because Darren sang a live recording of Against All Odds. Overall, musically, the concept of guilty pleasures struck a chord in my heart, in a good way, of course, and mirrored the episode of season one's Bad Reputation. Lastly, I wanted to ask if you guys had any guilty pleasures. As a third-year uni student, I will say I do like One Direction, and yes, I have been to the concert where I was one of the very few legal adults. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, hope you have an awesome pod. Sorry my voice is a bit iffy, but I just spent Saturday seeing Ellen in Sydney, which was amazing, and... I'm excited to listen to the podcast and maybe rewatch the hangout. Okay, thanks. Bye. I, I love when Christine leaves voicemails, but she leaves them at 3:20 in the morning, which is probably regular time for her. But for <laughs> me, is 3:20 in the morning. Oh, is that what your phone went off? That's why my phone went off. The oh other my night. god! Uh, <laughs> we got time for a couple phone. more. Yeah, I should. I got to leave it on for work. I got good net. This is. Alexis, I'm a, a fan of your podcast. I'm just wanting to call and say that I loved the Guilty Pleasures episode. It's reminded me why I watched Glee in the first place. The music, the fun, the social commentary reminding me of a season one or season two episode. It was great. Look forward to hearing the podcast next week. Yeah, I totally agree. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. It's such a, yeah. Uh, and we got time for one more. Hi, Gleeful Podcasters. It is Marie. Um, one more review for this episode. Boring. Um, <laughs> literally nothing happened. Rachel and Brody broke up. That was the one thing that happened. The only thing that happened of any significance. I still... Kitty's character is still all over the place. I don't understand her at all. Even with Britta's, Britney's meta comments about her, which I'm so over their meta comments, even though I did think it was funny, I'm I'm over them. Like, they need to find other humor again. 
Um, I should have enjoyed Spice Girls, but Unique kind of ruined the song for me. It just didn't work with her voice at all. Um, all the music actually was terrible. <laughs> like, I like some of these original songs. I love Wham! And Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. But they didn't sound right on it. I don't... I, uh, uh, like, I really... Uh, it was just boring. Really boring. They need... Like, they have not had a real plot since Swan Song. That's how I felt. Like, a plot that actually is moving the series forward. It's just like a couple episode things that don't matter in the end. And I'm over it. Anyway, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it more than I did. Bye. We did. There has <laughs> to be that's one. safe to say. Yeah. I, lo- I love that, you know, like, no matter how much... I mean, it, it, I and I mean this totally, like, this isn't disingenuous at all. I mean this totally honestly. I do love that there is always a differing opinion. It's mm-hmm. usually um, David in the chat room. Uh, <laughs> it's usually <laughs> Yo David Six in the chat room, uh, as it is tonight. Uh, but I love that, you know, no matter, it, there could be an episode where every single person thinks it's the greatest episode ever, and there will be one person who's like, I thought that one was dumb. And it's just like, it's what we I love about this show, that mm-hmm. people are passionate about it, that they want to have an opinion about Glee. Everyone has an opinion. About Glee. And it does affect everybody differently. I mean, that that is one thing that, you know, even if we do get negative mail, um, you know, people are upset because we didn't like a particular thing. You know, I appreciate that because... I think if we all liked it, there'd be something really wrong with it, and we probably wouldn't even care that much. Exactly. You know, if it were that easy and that palatable for everybody, then it just wouldn't well, be yeah, worth talking as, about. As I, I, I don't know sure who I was talking to, but I was talking to someone on Twitter about how if Glee was really meant for everyone, like, to be, like, the show for everyone, I probably wouldn't like it. Like, exactly. You, like, it, needs, it needs to have that, like polarizing effect at least upon occasion yeah and it's challenging (laughs) at times and it's frustrating at times and and in the end that's what makes it worth our time at this point exactly that is exactly and that's why we're still here all these seasons later after so many mediocre episodes episodes, we still have there's still magic in it and it's why we come back so uh i i have mama mia playing in the background which means i'm going to turn to you two as we listen to mama mia by the way mama mia is not a guilty pleasure abba bjorn and benny man those guys (laughs) wrote some freaking dynamite songs don't even get me started those guys wrote amazing songs if you don't think they made wrote amazing songs look at the songs they wrote that weren't abba okay they wrote chess they wrote chess chess is amazing chess it is the most amazing one of the most underrated musicals. Benny and Bjorn. So good. Um, anyway, Jennifer. Uh, you can you can say music, you can say movies, you can say whatever you like. Well, you know my movie guilty pleasure. Your movie guilty pleasure is... Because you hate it. Armageddon? Yes! <laughs> oh, God. And I don't think it's, it's a guilty pleasure. It ever. is not the worst movie it's ever. The worst movie ever. Uh, Jennifer, what is All your... Right. Well, uh, well, so we have Armageddon. What else do you have? Uh, well... Musically, I've always had a soft spot for like '70s disco, and <laughs> you know, like you know, Donna Summers and Tavares, and but probably, probably one of my favorite songs is "Blame It on the Boogie." It's just <laughs> ridiculously fun. Jackson Five. Yes, oh. it's so good. <laughs> but you know, I mean, like disco in itse- itself is totally, you know. But I mean, all this disco. 
Oh, so, I was totally disco. So yeah, there you go. So my my guilty pleasure is is disco. all right. Ed, your guilty but, pleasure. Um, see, they're not, they're not, I'm not guilty about them. Yeah, well, you don't have to be guilty. <laughs> You're not ashamed. What do you get? I'm not ashamed. They're just pleasures to me. My, let's see, my movie slash music since I, oh God, I, I, I was just re-listening to the soundtrack the other day because someone talked about something and then it led me to that. Revo Genetic Opera is OMG. <laughs> That's such a good... So good. I, I, every time I hear infected, I'm like, or is I, or anything that vaguely reminds me of Zydrated Man to me, I'm like, oh my god. And then, what's the matter, Grave Robber? Can't get up the girl still breathing. Oh my god, that so good, so good. And then, but my my music, my brother pleasure, loves that movie. By the way, loves I'm not surprised. Movie. The one that wanted to be in Minuto. What? No, the, the, one the other one. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, my other brother. I we actually we saw a Repo on opening night. Uh, and the casting crew and the director all there it was super fun. Yeah. People dressed up and knew all the songs. It was amazing. Uh, I, and then I'm in my uh, my music pleasure because I, I had to come to terms with this because there was a point in my life probably like I know <laughs> probably like seven years ago that I hated this girl. But then I was like, you know, I actually do like her. So whatever, whatever. Freaking Miley Cyrus, who owns my heart, is <laughs> like the bomb diggity song that that was never popular. I will say there is a Miley Cyrus song that I adore, and I, and it is a guilty pleasure because it's not a great song, but I love the Seven Things I Hate About You. Oh my I god, that's that song is so song. good. That song is so good. But that is. I think she I sings saying, on it. I think song. the video is like crazy, amazing, and affecting and weird. Like I, I love it. Like song. it makes you feel. You're like, oh my god, it's the seven things I hate about you. You're being <laughs> your game. You're insecure. You're I gotta like say, you like her in the audience, like. In the audience, or uh, in the audience, in the uh, uh, chat room, they, they've been saying one of the big guilty pleasures in the chat room is High School Musical. And I will admit that first oh, High School God. Musical is so goofy fun. I mean, so many musicals to me are, are incredibly guilty pleasures. We were talking the other night about uh, Can't Stop the Music is such oh a good God. one. Yes. Um, and there, there's so much, you know, I love Xanadu. I will go to the mat for the music of Xanadu and say that the movie is total crap, but it's just a blast. Like, so I would say Xanadu is a huge guilty pleasure for me. Um, and, uh, you know, the, there's a band I was just listening to the other day called uh, Sparks. Uh, that I tweeted a song that a song called this town ain't big enough for the both of us and I was like <laughs> this is a horrible song but I love to pieces <laughs> so you know we all have our guilty pleasures um, oh my gosh Rachel Batboy Batboy we saw Bat that Boy was super fun that was really loves me some Batboy that was Boy. a really good production too um, yeah so uh, amazing uh, yeah oh, no, I you know, I like musicals, man. If at any point somebody breaks out in song, I'm going to be like, okay. And they totally break out in song in High School Musical like several times. Two and three are unwatchable, though. Oh, my God. Two and three Did are you horrible. watch two and three? <laughs> yeah, they're both horrible. Oh, God. Um, for the, uh, for the, the, the Gleeful Podcast, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Fennell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward G. Ordano. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com and on Twitter or on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast and you can talk to the listeners. Uh, we record on Wednesdays, usually 7, 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. You mean Monday, Mondays. Mondays. Monday. That's what I said. Mondays. We used to record on Wednesdays. Uh, on Mondays, 
Uh, there'll be no show next week, but we will come back in two weeks with, I'm thinking, if you guys are interested, we could do a Beat the Gleek in two weeks. Ah. Uh. Uh, I mean, are you not around? We, we could do Nightmare. it, but I'm just—I'm not gonna win. Mm, I'm not—I'm cool, cool. not gonna win. Well, we could do like we could pit the listeners against each other because with the Google Ooh. Hangout, we can have listeners. I like that. come on the show. That are, we gonna do, are we going to do an exciting sweet sixteen bracket? And we'll do something awesome. amazing. <laughs> we'll do something amazing. So next week we'll try to get listeners on the show. We'll do a beat the Gleek or something. We're just not sure when we're going to do it, or not next week. The weekend after, the week after next week. So but we'll figure it out. We'll coordinate with you guys, um, yeah. and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can make all that stuff happen for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Annette. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. And when next time I'm back on the show, I'll be post Big Brother 15 auditions this Saturday. So. Oh, 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 wow. Okay, well, good luck to you, Ed. Wait, when do I you know. do it? I'm, on Saturday, I'm going to Chicago <gasps> for Big Brother 15 auditions. So. Good luck. Good luck. So, oh, so if, I take a, if I'm taking a random trip out to LA, I'm kind of broke. So that means I'm in the top 40, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, we look forward to seeing you. Yeah. And uh, for the Gleeful Pike, I was just Josh Ren and Ed. Good night, everyone. more SF7. What was I thinking? Oh my god. <laughs> SF7 wasn't thinking of... I mean, they're all the business of fun. <laughs> <laughs>